Every generation has a story and point of view. Come join the conversation at the XYZ experiment. All right, who's kicking off the lamb? Well, you, it was your idea. Well, I can kick off this episode today. Yeah. But what I wanted to ask was a bit of context from you, Dash, because you sent in our group chat this video of a lamb ad, which seemed to hold some sort of cultural significance. I have never heard of a lamb ad. I don't know if this is like an annual thing or if this is a big deal, but it seemed like it was, but I've actually never heard about this before. And I was talking to my friends about it and they were like, what is this lamb ad? What are you talking are about? Are you serious? I'm being dead serious. Is Can, this- I've got to interrupt you. You have never heard about I'd rather have a lamb meal than go out with Tom Cruise? No. Wow, that's a big thing. That's a massive thing. I feel like you have made the lamb industry cry right now. No, oh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so every year, I don't know when it started, but for quite a long time, um, the lamb industry have done an ad leading into Australia Day. And they're long, like they're little movie length ads. L- a couple of years ago, they did um, one about the COVID borders. And so they had these big borders come up between all of the states because we couldn't cross over and then basically they got ripped down because they could smell lamb and you know it joined us all together right so they kind of riff off this theme of lamb bringing people together on australia day oh and where is it like does it premiere somewhere on the tv probably why he hasn't seen it but is it like a big deal like is it like oh you gotta at nine o'clock it's gonna be the the lamb ad I don't think so. Or it just starts. It just starts. And I think, you know, you'd probably see it more in your, like, breakfast TVs and stuff like that. They might show it um, as in this is this year's lamb ad and stuff like that. But, yeah, I can can understand why you may not have seen it. But to be fair, I saw it first on social media. Because I hadn't seen it at all. Hadn't you? No, no. The first time I saw it was when you sent it to me. So I, I hadn't heard it or seen it. And I understand. And probably the only reason you sent it to us is because it's about the generations. Well, yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. If it hadn't it, been about a generational story, you wouldn't have shared it. No. So I just wonder if I would have seen it at all. Like I didn't see the border one. Oh, the border one's one. worth checking out. I'm going to have a look at that now. Um, but it's funny because my mum then was after I'd sent it around to everyone, um, was like, oh, have you seen the lamb ad? And it's like her generation looks out for the lamb ad. Oh, there Mm. you go. That's the boomers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what did you think of it? Well, why I sent it to all of you guys was because this year's lamb ad, which we'll put in our show notes for those who might not have watched it, (laughs) um, is about the generational divide and bringing the generations together. I liked it. Like, my initial reaction to it was I quite liked it. Um, and I did resonate with a bit of what was said about the millennials. Mm. What, what part resonated for you? So, in particular, millennials being really worried about what is cool at the moment and whether or not we are considered cool. So, a few stories. Um, on... The weekend, I was hanging out with my niece, who is a Gen Z, and she is the coolest chick. You know, like, she plays bass. She dresses just really cool, effortless. The way she socially engages is very cool, you know. 
and I was I just kept saying oh my god you are so cool which was probably a very uncool thing as an auntie to be then saying to your niece I was just kept saying marveling at her oh my god you're so cool and I had done a wardrobe clean out which I do um, at the start of every year and I'd gotten rid of some of my clothes and jewelry and headbands and so she had taken in particular a headband and she was wearing one of the necklaces that I'd given her and I was like oh my god I'm kind of cool because she's wearing what I was like (laughs) giving away but then I was like well I'm not cool because I gave that away I don't know anyway so that is one of the things like I think we've Mm -hmm. got a preoccupation of being cool and then the other thing that happened recently is um we were having a conversation about the right height of socks to be wearing and apparently like that's a thing is it it's a thing and apparently it's more cool these days to have like your socks kind of a little bit higher than millennials always had hidden socks yeah the sockets the sockets and that's not cool anymore and i think um gen z are so much about comfort that they're like why would i have a socket that then slides down my foot and i'd be annoyed by it all day i'm just going to wear one with a, a longer um top to it so it doesn't do that but we were like, oh, it kind of goes against our fashion sense, but it's cool now to wear that. My husband would be so happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> he always pulls his socks up. I'm like, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> so you now have all watched the ad. What did you think? Well, there wasn't a lot of Gen X in it, which I thought was hilarious to be honest. <laughs> that every time they went to say something, they cut them off because yeah. they talked about how nobody listens to them and every time they just get cutting it off, which I thought was really funny. I thought that was um, that was funny. I didn't like the portrayal of the boomers. I don't know. I, I always think the boomers are portrayed as being so uncool and sometimes boomers can be a bit cool. I don't know. And I think boomers are portrayed as being very privileged, like all yeah. of them are privileged, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. Because if I think about how I was brought up with my boomer parents, we were not privileged in any way. Like, And they're still quite humble people nowadays. But, yeah, it makes me feel like it was written by a millennial or a Gen Z, definitely. I don't think it was Gen X who wrote it. Um, I don't think it was a Gen Z that wrote it either. Yeah, it's probably... Because then the Gen Zs, they really ridicule as well. Almost makes them out to be, like, the attention of a gnat. You know what I mean? Like, they Mm. just... They just... Yeah. I don't know. I just found that really... It's a real stereotype. I mean, that's fine. It's for a joke. It's It's a comedy and it's a joke. But, yeah, it just reinforcing those stereotypes. Yeah, I actually think it was just really, really safe. Like, when I watched it, I was like... I know that this is going to get posted on Facebook and whatnot and a lot of people will have opinions about the way they were portrayed and whatnot, but I actually genuinely think it like was the most inoffensive way of talking about it. Yeah. And I do also think it was written by a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> I think just, I mean, it's an ad as well, so everything has to be on the nose because I know that Gen Z really don't like to portray and create like with things very obvious. It has to be a little bit more subverted. But I think as well, it just kind of, as you were saying about like boomers being done dirty, I don't really think that Gen Z have a lot of conflict with boomers because a lot of the views that they may rub up against aren't being, it's not on the media that you've got all these boomers that are coming out saying these things. I know that there's the phrase, okay, boomer, but I think that's also just to rub, rub Gen X the wrong way as well. Because I think it is a lot of conflict with Gen X and I think they bypassed all of the actual generational conflict by by doing things like oh you know someone who's older sometimes they have their flashlight on 
that's not something that a Gen Z would go, oh, that really upsets me about older generations. Uh, so I think it was a really easy way to use a bunch of buzzwords like saying cancelled and you, you know, we're perfect and et cetera, et cetera. And then look, it was a really easy way to then be like generational divide, everyone comes together for lamb. Does Gen Z eat lamb? Yeah, we do. I think we're just more conscious about everything. So we'd be more conscious about eating lamb, ethical treatment of animals. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to be like, oh, Gen Z are way more likely to be vegan. So it was not a nice betrayal because I'm sure there are a lot of people in other generations that are conscious about that as well. I think it was just like really safe. It was just really like, you know, low hanging fruit. Okay, cool. I I wouldn't be like, you know, losing any sleep over it because I'm like, this is clearly not actually meant to be discussing any sort of actual like legitimate discussion or disagreements. It's just whatever. It's just meant to be funny. Yeah. That's all it is. It's meant to be funny and meant to be shared. And then obviously it was, you know, so yeah, job done. Job done. Job done. Um, My question is, do you actually believe that there is a strong generational divide? I think the media tries to make out there is. Like at the moment, uh, you see articles about, you know, the reason why Gen Z can't buy a house because of the boomers. Yeah. You know, and or, or the exes and their second homes and they're all to blame for what's happening to Gen Zs at the moment. I think there's like a lot of layers to it because I think another really important thing to consider is that generally speaking now, Generation Z and Alpha are far more conscious and aware of issues outside of their sphere Mm. it's a lot more taking everything into consideration when you make a decision and also just like in terms of developmental trajectory we're kind of getting to that age now where we're being more involved in society inserting ourselves into certain roles and as a result we're having more of a say about things and that's also what we want as well is we want people from other generations to be having their say and supporting these types of ideas right But just in terms of like lifespan, as you get older, you just start to slightly disconnect more, right? You don't become as involved in career. It's not always the focus anymore. It's more about being a little bit more quieter, simpler life with family and whatnot. And so then to kind of be dragged, I feel like into these discussions again, I think it's a kind of like a very jarring experience. Because I know that if I were to talk to my grandparents, I mean, that's not a great example because they're migrants that don't speak the best English and complex topics may go over their head. But if I were to bring them into these types of discussions and be like, you should be doing a lot more about this and that, they would be like, I'm just chilling, you know? (laughs) I'm just hanging out. And so I think that also leads to this, like, conflict that isn't really there. Yeah. It might be topics they haven't even thought about either. Yeah. Like, I know as I've got older now and there's younger generations bringing up topics that never really were on my radar at all. And then I think, oh, yeah, okay, I should think about that a bit more. Absolutely. And that's one thing, like, I think it's really important to remember as well is that I find that a lot of older generations, when that pressure is being put on them of, like, you should be way more considerate about this and that, the response of getting quite aggressive in... in, dismissing it and rejecting it and having all of these it kind of turning into attacks on gen z it's really important to remember that these are standards that we live by every day 
it's not as if we're trying to put more responsibility on other generations. This is genuinely what we think about every day. So if you're feeling quite alienated that all of a sudden you have to adhere to a certain set of principles and ethics, that's remember, that's what we've been living by. So what would be an example of that? Even things like just just awareness. Like it's it's ca- like obviously for Gen Z, it's not always the best thing to just be constantly thinking about things over and over again. But even things like lamb, I would definitely be considering the moral implications of having an ad like that. Mm. And I'm not saying that that means I'm outright upset about it or I disagree about it, but it's just something I think about. Yeah. You think about conflicts going on in other countries and how that impacts how privileged you are and how you feel about going about your day and those are things that you know someone might argue you shouldn't be thinking about if if you want to not be paralyzed by despair or or information but at the same time that's just kind of how we're hardwired to think see i would never have those considerations as in like going back to the lamb i would just be thinking yeah i want some lamb chops that'd be great yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we definitely mo- I mean we eat lamb so but I just don't think about it too much to be honest yeah and I think that's t- like that's totally fine I don't see you any differently because mm. of that mm. but I do think that some people maybe within Gen Z because it's such an overwhelming position to be in they can't help but be like well I'm thinking about this every day so why aren't you mm-hmm. and then someone from another generation who doesn't think like that may turn around and say well why do I have to be thinking about this can I ask you about land specifically? Yeah. So I'm going to bring in my experience of that. I grew up on lamb chops. Like literally I'd have it three or four times a week in our household. That with mashed potato and then some sort of vegetable, whether it was frozen peas or frozen beans. That was one of the most regular meals I had all through my childhood and um, teenage years uh, because it was the cheapest meat at the time. Was it? Yeah, lamb's the cheapest meat. And the reason why it was the cheapest meat was because they didn't have to sort of do much to it they didn't have to give them any hormones or anything they can just put the lambs out in the field they'd eat and they'd slaughter like slaughter them literally like it's a very it back then was a very cheap meat to produce compared to beef and all that sort of stuff so um so for me as an adult now if my husband wants to romance me the best thing he can do is make me lamb chops with mashed potato that is my number one meal as an adult like I love lamb chops I'd have lamb chops every week so I just wondered did you guys grow up with lamb like that like for your generations did you have it like that we did have lamb chops but it wasn't like a regular thing mum would make lamb curry occasionally but I think we had a very diverse and also ethnic diet and I don't think the whole concept of meat and three veg is a foreign concept to me and mashed potatoes, to be honest. Mm. Like, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Mashed potatoes is not something within the Greek zeitgeist, I think. But I did eat a lot of meat also growing up in a Greek family with very traditional Greek meals, which has a lot of chops as well. Mm. It's not even necessarily that it has to be you grew up eating it, so therefore... It's, it's like something you can't think about because, again, I still consider it every time I eat it, which is very, very frequently lamb and meat. I think that's also a really interesting thing that pops up when you have conversations like this, people, when you're just talking about animal ethics. And I, look at me, I'm sounding like I actually like, am very much involved in, in this community, which I'm, I'm not, to be completely honest. But it's interesting how it, it's like, oh, well, I can't really, you know, 
when I grew up, I ate a lot of lamb, and that's why I don't even think about it, and that's why I love it. But it, and I think, not to say that you were defensive there, but it's really interesting hearing that as like a reason why you can't think about it. No, not that I can't. I just don't. Yeah, I just don't. It's not on your radar. It. Just never on my radar. Mm. Yeah, just never. Uh, that's probably not exactly true. Over the last few years, I have thought about it a little bit more, and um, and so uh, I, I, I'll be completely upfront. I do go to ethically sourced meat, so it's pretty important to me where that meat comes from, and I learnt that a while ago. And so that's how I'm probably um, probably making it okay in my own head that it's okay that I eat this. Yeah. Mm. So that that's where I would sit on on that sort of topic. But I just um, I can't give up meat. I love it. So and I just think well, it's just part of our diet, and and I'm hoping that I am sourcing that correctly and that the animals are being treated. You know, well, but sometimes, like, to be honest, I'll look at my dog and I'll just think, oh, wow, this this animal's got so much cognition and so much, like, personality and love. And I'm sure a lot of animals are actually really like that. And I so know. sometimes that gives me pause, like, mm. that gives me a pause about in generations to come are we going to realize how much cognition they actually had and and generations in the future will just go i can't believe they did that you, you know what i mean i do think that i do think that yeah the but thing I, that um we think about and i don't know if this is because we're scientists but also because we're um millennials i don't know is the health impacts of eating red meat Oh, okay. Mm. So it's the environmental stuff, but it's also the health impacts. And that is probably what has reduced our red meat consumption quite a lot because of its links with bowel cancer. Yeah. Um, and my husband is vegetarian and um, he's always like, you know, careful about how much meat he does eat if he does need to. But um, I don't buy lamb yeah. if I'm cooking at home unless it's for a special event or something like that. It's funny, my hubby's going more and more vegetarian over the last 10 years, very much so. So, um, like, if, if we had some chops and we make them, he would be lucky if he eats one of them. Like, he'll make them for me and then he might not eat them at all. So, really? yeah, he's really gone into the consideration about the animal and all that. So, so, and he's an ex. He's right on the border of an ex and a boomer. He's that last year of being a Gen X. But um, it's become a big thing for him, a really big thing, that we've talked about it in the home. So we certainly bring in a lot less meat in our household as well because of that. So um, a, lot, a lot more vegetarian for him. Mm. Yeah. Do you think that if... Because it sounds like there's a lot of different reflections around eating meat in different generations. Do you think that if... Well, from any of the generations, that if a Gen Z was the one to introduce that idea of, you know maybe you hadn't been thinking about it for one reason or another and then you start thinking about animal ethics and eating meat as a result of something that you've seen that, you know, Gen Z has created. Do you think that that automatically makes it more dismissed? You mean as in I'll ignore it because it's a Gen Z? Yeah, not you specifically, but yeah. just generally speaking. Do you think other generations might do that? It. I think it depends, like... 
within my own generation, sometimes I consider myself a little bit different to a lot of exes because I like a lot of the stuff that the younger generations do mm. and I like to seek out its content and I enjoy it. But a lot of exes don't. I think they find it. Um, I, I think sometimes they dismiss some of the younger generations as not as wise or as intelligent. And I think that's a that's actually ridiculous. They really and you can learn something from young people. I believe that really strongly. So if I saw something, it and it, it, sometimes I find, particularly with Gen Z, it hits a really emotional chord for me sometimes. So no, I definitely pay attention to that. I think Gen Zs can really tap into that sometimes and think, oh, I do feel a bit guilty about that and maybe I will think around that a bit more. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. What about from a millennial perspective? So I think from a, I think it's more about how it's delivered. Yeah. I think it's how it's communicated. And, you know, if I reflect back on myself as a 20-year-old, I thought I had a lot of wisdom. I thought I had a lot of knowledge. And you do, like, you're learning so much and you're growing and you're like, oh, my God, I'm the wisest person on this planet. And it's kind of like having a lightsaber but not knowing how to use it. And so you're going around and swinging it around and causing sometimes more harm than using it for what the purpose might be for that. And so I think sometimes the messaging or how a Gen Z might communicate a really important point of view may put other generations offside because it can result in a defensiveness coming out just because of the way it's communicated. And I think it's just not necessarily having the experience of knowing the value of communicating in a way, and I'm not saying all Gen Zs do that, but that isn't like um, on a soapbox or trying to cut through an emotional cord or that kind of stuff, which I feel like every generation did when they were young, but the Gen Zs are doing that now. Do you know something that's really bringing up for me in that is I feel like I've got a very strong bullshit detector and, and with Gen Z, um, it has to be all about the authenticness of it. And they use that word a lot about authentic, but I think you can really tell when it's true and meaningful and when it's just jumping on a bandwagon. Yeah. It's the bandwagon stuff that really bugs me when I think you don't believe that, you know, mm. you're just saying that. Whereas when it's a really authentic message, and I think you can see that, you're like, wow, I'm going to... Sometimes I think I wish I had the wisdom of that person at that age, you know, and I wish I knew that earlier. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. But I think the other thing is I did see, like, clips of older generations getting annoyed at Gen Zs being told what to eat and how to exercise and all of that. And I get that because the Gen Z is only speaking from the experience of the age that they're at. They haven't experienced often the health issues or the nuances or the things that happen which might cause different eating or exercise or life things that happen later. And so sometimes the judgment that might come from that isn't always helpful. Like, you know, you can't just say to an older generation, oh, you need to do this to lose weight when you have a metabolism of a Gen Z. Like, yeah, I don't need to be judged by Gen Z because I'm already judging myself yeah. so seriously because I've become what I dreaded. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they don't get that necessarily. trying to do that, yeah. you know. The, 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 I always say the bitch in my head is really nasty. <laughs> I don't need anyone else adding to that. <laughs> do you often find that? Do you often find that Gen Z are preaching to you about your own experiences? 
not about our own experiences, but I feel like Gen Z sometimes will preach um, what they think people should be doing um, mm. or behaving or it's easy, just do this. You know, what's wrong with you guys? And it's like, yeah, it is, of course, easy when you're young. Yeah. Okay. Everything is easier when you're young sometimes, except buying a house in Australia. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's very true. But I think it's just having the conversation because I think it comes from a good place. They're just not aware of it. So in the same way that you were kind of saying, oh, you know, maybe Gen Xs and boomers are not aware of this. I think there's sometimes a lack of awareness on different things for the younger generations. Hmm. So, so going back to the lamb ad then, do we feel it, it's a parody, isn't it? Really? Yeah. It's a parody. Yeah. You know, and we should enjoy that parody, I think, and just take it as it is just yeah if i'm being completely honest parodies are normally meant to be funny yeah and i think that i didn't really find this very funny not just because i like rolled my eyes at the way that they portrayed gen z but even when they were portraying boomers i wasn't like laughing and being like oh this you know my frustrations with older generations i feel like i'm being validated watching this because i actually don't at all yeah i felt like it didn't touch on anything but I guess if the idea was just let's straw man like generational conflict so that we can then make it easily resolved with our product, cool. They did it, I guess. But I'm not going to remember it tomorrow. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> it's not like the Tom Cruise lamb ad. <laughs> I can't remember the Tom Cruise lamb ad. So she's having dinner. It's Naomi Watts um, having dinner and uh, she gets a phone call from a radio station to say that she's won dinner with Tom Cruise and this is before her friend Nicole Kippen's even married Tom Cruise right so this is how old it is going back 30 years ago and her and like you want a dinner with Tom Cruise you know you wonder and then she smells the lamb and she says to the radio station I'm really sorry I'm having dinner with my family we're having lamb <laughs> and hangs up <laughs> and that there was the go. first big viral lamb ad you know like the first big the big one so i think that's where a lot of that comes from you know but that's a gen x thing you guys wouldn't know that that nah. must have been when i was like 18 19 when that ad came out hi fiona here thanks for taking the time to listen to the xyz experiment podcast and don't forget to leave a rating and review if you enjoyed our show tell all your friends and family and subscribe Follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news. Our original music was composed and performed by Luke Champion. 